Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back as we are coming back off Christmas break and getting back at it, uh, kind of a reflective uh peaceful, calm uh, mood I'm in today. So yeah. excited to bring on our guest. I've got Jared Haley with us today. Jared is just a awesome, awesome dude. He's got a really cool job that he has, leads a really cool podcast. Um, you guys may have heard of a group called Critical Bench. Critical Bench I found maybe 10 years ago when I had an injury and wanted to rehab it and seemed like these guys were the experts not only on certain injuries, but like every part of the body. And uh, uh, it's been neat seeing people point at their organization as like the best copywriting and the best training and the best rehab and uh, kind of as a reference point for people in the fitness industry. So really, really cool. And then come to find out they've got a whole new, uh, and, and it's not so new anymore, but uh, strongbydesignpodcast.com, uh, a way for them to help people uh, become better Christians and better, better leaders and better, uh, better mentally strong. So anyway, Jared is running up that side of things, uh, for critical bench. So, uh, with that, man, welcome, Jared. Glad to have Thanks, you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Really, really excited to be here. So, uh, excited to, to chat. It, it's always a, it's a passion of mine to, to see godly men, uh, become godly husbands and, and godly fathers and, uh, understand what that looks like and what that means. And that's not so clear these days. And so, um, any opportunity to get to, to speak into people's lives and help them uh, be the best that they can be. Uh, not that I have it completely figured out. I don't think any of us do. Um, but certainly, uh, over the years I've, you know, you learn, you learn as you go. And so being able to impart that onto other people and, and help them do, do better as well. So thank you so much for having me. That's great. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So yeah. prior to you joining Critical Bench, yep. you were a pastor. Yep. And you've got a master's degree in transformational leadership and formation. Yep. You've been married for a long time now. Because yeah, 15 years in January. 15 years. So, 15 yep. years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I turned 40 uh, in February, and our 15 year anniversary is uh, January 17th. So um, it's a big, big 2024 for us. Have you got any plans for? Uh, yeah, we're actually, we're paying to have my sister come down and stay with our four kids, um, so that we can get away, uh, for a, a day or two, uh, just the two of us just to, to go. I don't, we haven't decided a hundred percent where we want to go. We were going to, uh, go to New York, uh, but all of our kids really want to go. And so we don't want to do that trip without them. So we're like, all right, we'll, we'll save it, you know? Um, but we went to New York for her 30th birthday and it was, uh, it was like a pivotal, uh, moment in our marriage uh, for us to reconnect. And um, there are different things going on in our lives. And so it was a, it was a really big deal. And so even though a lot of people hate New York and uh, you know, for, for different reasons, uh, that particular trip uh, was, was really important for us. And so uh, we're like, Hey, it's my 40th, we should go again. But um, our, our, our eight-year-old son, uh, when we asked like, what's your dream? His dream is to eat pizza in New York. And so 
<laughs> we, we didn't want to steal that dream away. We want to, we want to preserve that for him so we can do that as a family. So that's great. That's yeah. great. So yesterday was Christmas day and uh, yep. what was Christmas like for you guys? You know, married almost 15 years now. You got four yep. kids, oldest ones, uh, 12. Yeah, he's going to be 12. He'll be 12, be 12 on January 4th. Yep. So it's, it's great. We have, we've done a good job of integrating uh, her family traditions and my family traditions. And uh, my family tradition growing up was uh, every Christmas Eve, we would get pajamas, we would watch White Christmas, and we would eat uh, burritos. Uh, and my mom made a red sauce that had beef chunks in it. And it was, you'd smother the burrito with this red sauce. And so uh, every, and we would always invite a family over as well. So we would have, you know, people over after the Christmas Eve service, we would, people would come over and we'd watch white Christmas and eat burritos and open our pajamas. And so we've pre preserved that, uh, in our family, my sister still does it as well. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, the Haley family tradition. And then Christiana's family, they always ate crepes on Christmas morning, uh, Christmas crepes with like fruit and yogurt. And so, uh, after we, we read the Christmas story, I read out of the Bible before we open presents, we open presents together. Uh, and then we, Christiana and I jump in the kitchen and we, we make crepes and we have Christmas crepes. So, uh, we did that. And then it was just fun hanging out with the kids and, and playing and, uh, you know, helping them put their new toys together and just really, trying to chill as much as possible, you know, before getting back to it today. So it was great. What'd you read out of the Bible? Did you read Luke? I read uh, Luke. Luke yeah, two? I read, I read Luke too. Yeah. I didn't read the whole thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's funny cause at, at church that's, that's, you know, the four parts of the story, the angel coming to Mary and then Jesus being born and then the angels coming to the shepherds and then shepherds showing up at the stable. That's kind of, those were the four parts that I, I reiterated because that's what they've been going through um, all week in December or all month in December. So I just wanted to kind of tie it into what they were already doing. So, but we used to do like different kids books, you know, the Christmas story. We have the the Jesus storybook Bible. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen um, that. Yeah. So we've read out of that several years, um, you know, with, you know, great illustrations and things like that. So we've done different things, but uh, we've been doing Bible studies with our kids now for a while. And so they're used to reading out of the Bible. So I wanted to just go straight to it this year. That's great. I uh, I had never thought about reading Luke too before. Yeah. And a buddy of mine, uh, John O'Leary, they're getting ready to make a movie about him. A movie's yeah. called On Fire. They just finished, yeah. finished filming the other day. And uh, so that'll come out third quarter, fourth quarter, 2024. Yeah, but that was what his dad did when they were kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always reminds me of Charlie Brown Christmas because of Linus. But uh, you know, as soon as you get yes. to that, you know that part. Or <laughs> yeah, they uh, they asked Charles Schultz to do a a Christmas um, uh, deal with Snoopy and everything. Yeah, and he yeah. said, "No, I won't do it." Yeah, and they said, "No, we really need you to." And he says, "All right, I will, but I got to include the Jesus story in it." And they said, yep. "No, we won't yeah. let you do that." Yeah. And he says, yep. all right, then I'm not doing it. Yep. And, and we oh, all know oh, how that turned out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's everybody wants to watch. Charlie. I mean, it's, it's crazy how much more popular it is too. I mean, cause there's, you know, Snoopy all over the place, you know, there's Charlie, the great pumpkin patch, you know, for Halloween and, and all of these different ones, but you know, the, the Charlie Brown Christmas has really risen to the top, which is pretty cool. Yeah. My friend John's family, when he was growing up, it's like, they were all kind of stuck on the stairs almost captive. Yep. And then each child would read like a paragraph out of Luke. Okay. Two. Yeah. And he's like, now as, uh, as the dad, 
I carry that tradition on. Yep. And as I look back, uh, and I think about all the Christmases that he had as a family when he was a kid, he goes, the thing I remember is Luke too. Yeah. I don't really yeah. remember any of the presents or any of the stuff, but I yep. remember that. And I remember being huddled with my siblings mm-hmm. on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Now my kids do the same thing. And, yeah. you know, they, they know really cool. we do this first. And he's like, my dad said, you know, the whole presence and all that wouldn't even be a thing without this. This, yeah. this is. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, I mean, we're, you're battling culture all the time. Right. And so, uh, this year has been a really interesting year for spiritually for my wife in wrestling through some of the the cultural practices that um, come into the home, basically. Uh, and, and they're they're innocent enough, you know, whether it's celebrating Halloween or just even uh, with Christmas and Santa Claus and things like that. We've always done Santa Claus um, and our question kids started asking, you know, questions. And really a couple of years ago, our oldest, we told him about Santa Claus, you know, that he's not real. And, uh, our 10 year old was asking questions last Dad, year. Kid in the car, you might want to, <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah. Sorry. I, I mean, uh, might want to switch the channel. Dad. Yeah, so sorry. No, I did no, not no. give a, a, just, a preference just a little warning. That. I think guys, I think you're already smart enough to to know Sorry about, uh, there might yeah, be yeah. some explicit you're gonna have conversation. To take like your little your little preview <laughs> clip you know you're gonna have to give a, a heads up you know uh so sorry to ruin that for so many families out there um but uh you know it, it, it's just been interesting where uh it's been it, it hasn't even been us it's been our kids that have been bringing these things up um with like uh harry potter or uh Pokemon and thing, you know, mad anything that dealing with magic, where mm-hmm. because we're having them read scripture uh, and they're starting to take the world that they see and, and the world that that God has asked us, you know, the life God's asked us to live in, and starting to question things. Um, and so it was actually our oldest son who got rid of all of his Pokemon stuff. He said, you know, I feel like uh, God's asking me to do this, and we're like, hey you know, it's your decision. If God's asking you to do it, you got to be obedient to that, you know? Um, And so uh, just, it it wasn't, yeah, it's, it's cool to see them develop in in some of these things and even things that we're not thinking of that they're feeling like God is speaking to them and seeing them, you know, follow God in, in those things. It's it's really cool to, to see your kids do those things and, um, and not pressure them and not say, Hey, you have to do this because this is what God says, but helping them come to those conclusions on their own. So it's really good. You mentioned your wife's kind of battling that right now. Um, what's that sound like? What's that look like? It's me coming home and she's saying things like, I don't think we should do this anymore. (laughs) Things that we've done our whole lives, you know, um, whether that's from, from movies that we're watching to celebrating Santa Claus, uh, to, um, you know, Harry Potter to, we didn't, this was the first year we didn't do Halloween. Um, you know, uh, and, uh, it's really good because we always talk about, uh, we want our home to be a sanctuary. How do we Mm -hmm. make our home a sanctuary? And, And you think a lot of times you think of a sanctuary as, uh, you know, the, the, a place at church where you go and, and that's where you, you do your church services. But really this idea of a sanctuary is this, this place that's set apart, uh, this place that, uh, is reserved for a space that we want, uh, to God to, to fill that space and, uh, a space that is reserved, that is separate from culture. 
Uh, and when you're allowing culture to dictate what you do in your home, it no longer is a sanctuary. Uh, it becomes something else. Uh, another uh, thing for sanctuaries, I want it to be a place of rest, right? I want it to be a place that I can come home and uh, I'm able to just rest uh, physically. I'm able to rest uh, with my family and able to rest spiritually. And so uh, you, there's things you have to be intentional about uh, keeping out in order for that to be a place of, of spiritual rest. And so we, uh, we've been purging a lot. We've been purging physical things in our home. We actually just got rid of uh, 30 totes of stuff uh, where we either threw it away or, or donated it. Uh, I mean, that, that's a lot of stuff that's that we got of rid stuff. of. Um, and as we're, we're doing that, God is also taking us through like this spiritual purge of, of things that we've adopted into our home that is really more of a, a cultural thing um, from things we're watching on Netflix to uh, things that we're celebrating uh, and God just saying, hey, what would it look like to to not do those things anymore? And then figuring out what do we now fill those gaps with um, and, and really praying through and asking God what those things are. So um, Christiana has really uh, led the way and, and homeschool is the other thing that we've done this year. Um, it's our first year of homeschooling all of our kids. So um, different people have different ideas about homeschool and whether it's good or bad. And for us, that's just something we, that God was asking us really, God was asking her to do. Um, and so uh, I, I said, Hey, if, again, you know, if God's asking you to do it, I'm going to support you in that. Um, and it's just been a, a big turning, turning point for, for our family and our kids. So did she turn to a group or a curriculum or something to do that? She, she did. Uh, she, she's tried She's looked at several groups. Um, she just now started going to one that meets like once a month um, just to interact with with other homeschool people. Um, and she did. She was doing a, a curriculum called Monarch, which is a Christian-based uh, curriculum. But uh, in November, um, we actually did a, a podcast with Sam Sorbo. Uh, she wrote a book called They're Your Kids. Um, and she's a, just a huge advocate of, of homeschool. Um, and... Uh, it was kind of through that. I, I invited Christiana into that podcast because she was homeschooling. I'm like, mm -hmm. you two should really, I'll, I'll facilitate you two have a conversation about homeschool. Um, and so it was, it was, it was really good. And through that, uh, she was just praying through it and felt like God was saying, I just want you, the only book I want you to use with your kids right now is the Bible. With the Bible, you're getting uh, life and you're getting history. Um, and so <laughs> she canceled the subscription to the Monarch. Uh, not that there was anything wrong with it. She just yeah. felt like God was saying, for now, I just want you to teach the kids the Bible, right? De Deuteronomy 6, right? Teach it when you wake up, teach it when you go to bed, you know, put it on your doorposts, you know, talk to about your talk to about it with your kids all the time. Um, and so that's what she's doing. She's really just, she'll have the kids read scripture and then they have to write a report on it. You know, what's being, you know, kind of like a Bible study, you know, teaching them how to study the Bible, but also teaching them how to learn. Um, they use, uh, have you heard of the Tuttle twins? No, no, I have not. So, great. Like, it's like, conservative history kind of, but through these okay. kids, it's, 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 huh. it started out as a storybook. Um, but now angel studios has made it into a, a cartoon that you can watch as well. And so if you download the angel studios app, you can watch it for free. Um, like this little thing pops up at the beginning that says, this has been, this is brought to you free because people have donated money basically. Um, and so angel studios is, is all about crowdfunding and things along those lines, but 
hilarious cartoon. It's about these two kids and their grandma. Their grandma has like on a on a like a motorized wheelchair, but she's turned it into a time machine. And so they do things like where they build a lemonade stand, uh, and then the grandma's teaching them all about like the economy and you know and things along those lines. And then they go in history and they learn from some historical figure and then they come back into the present and they put their lesson into practice. You know, it's so good, you know, really, really good stuff. Um, and it's hilarious. It's, you know, a cartoon is good when the kids are engaged and the parents also are engaged. And so they, they've just done a really good job of that. Kind of like Pixar, you know, Pixar's done a good job over the years of engaging kids as well as parents. But, uh, so they do that for some history lesson stuff, um, as well but really just focusing on, on scripture. And, uh, it, it's been, it's been really good. It's been cool. They're, the kids are teaching us at this point, you know, things with, with the questions that they come up with and, and being able to wrestle through some of that stuff. So, um, I don't even remember what I, that was a yeah, huge yeah, tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't remember what the original question was. <laughs> no, no, that was great. That was great. Uh, but, I was kind of, kind of probing to see if he used classical conversations. They were a sponsor of ours. And yeah. it's funny, a lot of our guests without me prompting, I'm like, hey, what do you guys do or whatever? And they're like, oh, yeah, we use classical conversations, you know, yeah. and they talk about it for a while. I'm like, oh, it's funny. That's the show sponsor. I didn't tell you. And yeah, you know, that's what is classical thing. conversations? It's a it's a Christian homeschool program. OK, is it it's a curriculum? Yeah. Yep. OK. And then gotcha. they've got a whole bunch of community groups also. OK. It's like if you didn't okay. want to connect with other Christian homeschoolers, yep. they have all across the country. OK. And, uh, yeah, they approached me and I'd never heard of them. And then yeah. as I talk to yeah. people about homeschooling, it's like what, dominant, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, you yeah. talk to somebody about rehab stuff and like, oh, have you checked out critical benches thing? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Critical bench, you know, like yeah, kind of that underground, but massive, yep. Yep. you know, giant. Yeah. In the, in the My wife did a lot of research. She, she's probably stumbled across it. Um, yeah. And, and it's, and we're not like, like keeping curriculum off forever. You know, it's, it's just for this season. Um, It's what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I was reading a book this morning about surrendering. Yeah. And it was talking about, you know, our will and we're praying to God all the time for our will. Mm -hmm. And we're asking for things all the time. And then a couple uh, couple pages later, it talks about what we really should want for our lives is we should want our will to be God's will. Yeah. Yeah. And even when our will is not God's will, we should still pray that we follow God's will and listen for God's Absolutely. will. Absolutely. Yeah. So, That's, I always say the, the goal is to see what God's doing and then just try to grab onto his coattails and hang on for dear life, you know, um, which is, I mean, that's, that's Romans 12, right. You know, as you, uh, the, the true act of worship is, is surrender. You know, it's, it's saying, uh, I want to give you my mind and my thoughts and I want to surrender those to you. Uh, so that I can understand what your will is, um, you know, your good, pleasing, perfect will. And um, that's, that's, that's like my favorite scripture verse. It's like my life verse is Romans 12, one and two, you know, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So it's good. It, and it goes everywhere. It fits into every category of life. So. So I'm intrigued. You mentioned your wife's 30th birthday in New York and there was some yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. I wasn't obviously planning on going into that since you sure. just brought it up earlier, but yep. uh, that's been in the back of my mind. Can you yeah. share a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, when uh, I've, I've always been in, I went to, you know, my undergrad is in undergrad is in music ministry uh, and Bible. And so I was a music pastor for a little bit while after we first got married. And then uh, a buddy of mine who was, a, I was in the master's program with uh, was a pastor uh, in Iowa. 
and he was telling me about a, a senior pastor position that was open out there. And, you know, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, if I'm ready to be a senior pastor, uh, but prayed through it, ended up candidating out there and, and uh, getting this position. And so uh, at that point, uh, we only had two kids. Our oldest was two and our youngest was five months old. And we moved, packed up everything, left our home in, in Colorado and moved out to Iowa. So we were pastoring out there. I was learning to be a pastor, finished up my master's degree. Uh, and then we had twins that were born. And so our twins, when they were born, our oldest was three years old. So we had four kids under the age of three, um, <laughs> lots of diapers, lots of stuff. A couple more years go by and uh, Christiana's at home a lot with four kids, um, just trying to survive. Um, she hit some really bad uh, postpartum depression. My wife was really, as well. Really so. struggling through all of that stuff. And I'm a full-time pastor trying to take care of the church um, and kind of a workaholic um, and uh, putting the church, church's needs over, over the family's needs, which is uh, a big lesson that uh, through this, a lot of this I had to learn, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, when you're in ministry, you're thinking I'm doing what God asked me to do, um, you know, lots of validation from, from people in the church, you know, you're a great pastor and you're a great speaker and thank you for all that you're doing. And, you know, it, it builds you up. It makes you feel good about yourself, you know? And so you, you start just really diving in and taking care of, of people. Well, through did, all of, did go you ahead, yeah. hear, I started to interrupt, but I, I want to dig into that just a little yeah. bit. Had you heard with your kind of career track and studies about that problem that pastors have? Uh, I had heard more about like burnout, yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, a good mentor of mine is Dave Williams, who his whole doctorate is all about helping pastors not burn out. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I, I was making sure to be, to be like spiritually rested, um, and spiritually, you know, I didn't want to burn out spiritually. Um, but I didn't make that crossover into family and into family burnout. Um, and w wasn't really taking in. You know, in, in my mind, I thought she's my wife. She should know that this is what God called me to do. And she just needs to support it. Um, and uh, not not seeing that connection, uh, you know, between the two. Um, and so with most, that of, most of our audience isn't pastors. Right. However, it, what you just said about pats on the back. Good job. Yes. You know, um, I don't say stroke and your ego, but that's mm -hmm. what's coming to mind. Yep. We're, we all have our jobs. Yes. As men, and we can go get some rewards, some recognition, yes. some and, money, and, some praise, some mm -hmm. fellowship, you know, whatever, you know, fellowship might not be the right word in the job yep. sense of the word, but some, you know, people to hang out with, some adults, All of some, it. you know, whatever. Yep. Yep. And guys, I've warned, warned us about it before on the podcast, but here we are, a pastor, you know, yeah. and I, I'm like, well, duh, like I've heard yeah. this for years. I'm like, but mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe at 25 or 30, maybe I hadn't heard mm -hmm. that. That yeah. might've been new at that phase of my yep. life. So wherever you are, are guys, if you're getting all your accolades at work or you got some trouble at home and you're mm -hmm. diving into work. Yeah. People use it, They use it as an escape, you know, um, you know, they, they, this escape of, I can get out of my home and I can get to work. Um, well, I'm not drinking. Know. I'm not doing cocaine. That's right. I'm not, That's right. I'm providing for my I'm family. Not into, I'm not into porn. Mm -hmm. I'm not That's doing right. any of those That's things. That's right. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, so then you know, all of a sudden you you find, you know, uh, Christiano, uh, again, struggling through that depression. Um, uh, I, I helped her 
uh, another pastor friend of mine uh, suggested a, a Christian counselor, um, Inside Out Christian Counseling, which is in Keokuk, Iowa. And uh, she started going, but the Christian counselor in her wisdom said, uh, your husband needs to come as well. Um, and so uh, I started, I was like, you know, I, I went with the intention of, hey, I'm just supporting Christiana through this and uh, ended up uh, did a lot of uh, some some temperament stuff, uh, learning who we were, how we were wired, um, and uh, the things that both of us needed to change in order to to make it. And it, it was a real low point in our marriage. Uh, Christiana, um, you know, started having uh, you know other kind of things where she was slipping away in our relationship. Um, again, I was. I was kind of oblivious as I was just working, you know, uh, I thought everything was hunky dory. Um, but then, uh, as, as some of this stuff started, uh, coming through, uh, in, in our counseling sessions and just in our conversations, um, you know, we both, we loved each other and we, we had a fight for our marriage. And so we started fighting for our marriage, um, and ended up going on this trip to New York, which was kind of like the solidification of, of us coming back together. Um, and me realizing, Hey, I need to put my family first. I need to put my wife first. Um, you know, there's a good book called famous at home. Um, I don't know if you've read that one. No, I haven't. Um, Sounds great. What's his name? Josh Strobe, I think is his name, the author. Okay. Um, I met him, uh, at, uh, a faith summit here in Florida and, uh, he's part of, I think his book is he's part of focus on the family. Um, but great guy. They have a podcast as well called famous at home talking through, uh, we, we try again, we try to get famous outside of our home when we don't realize that the most important place that we have influence is right inside our own home with our, with our wife and our kids. And, you know, even scripture says, you know, if you want to be, I can't remember if he's talking about an overseer, um, or an elder, but when one of those, it might be both where he says, if you can't take care of your own family, you are not, uh, equipped or you're not, eligible to be an elder in the church, you know? And so even Paul is saying the value, you got to be able to take care of your home first. Your, your, your first um, responsibility in, in spiritual growth and development is in your kids and in, and in your wife. And you got to get that white for right first, and then you can move on to, uh, you know, doing things in the church. And so uh, we, we don't, see that a lot um in the church where uh, the emphasis is on family we we say that a lot uh, hey you know we care about family um but you also need to be at this event and you need to lead this activity and you need to be at church every sunday and you need to be speaking and you need to be running small groups and, and all all of the things that if you're not doing it you're going you're going to get fired but we care about your family you know and so it's like mm-hmm. you you got to you got to pick what, where your actual value is. Um, and so, um, and you have to be intentional about it. I say that all the time. If you're not intentional about it, um, you just slip into, uh, what's going to give you the most satisfaction. Um, and that's not typically where we need to be. Yeah. It makes me think about when COVID started and I was working Mm -hmm. and of course the next day working from home instantly Mm -hmm. with out of home office, a real setup. Yep. And it's like, when, when are you done working? Yeah. You know, before when yeah. I was at the office, I'd leave and I was done working. Yeah. When I was at yeah. home, well, the computer's right over there. And mm-hmm. it took me a little bit to realize that I I needed to be intentional and set some boundaries around yep. activities. Yep. Yeah. And we've, uh, you know, we off, off 
uh, previously to this conversation that we're having right now, uh, just talking about the value of presence and being present, right? Um, that you can be physically present at home, but you're not actually engaged. Um, and, and I think that uh, I did that a lot as a pastor or even just before uh, when I had a part-time pastor job and I was working full-time at a hotel, um, I would come home and I just wanted to turn off. Um, and, uh, you know, I think of that uh, like tabs on a computer. Uh, I just wanted to close all the tabs and just shut everything down and and not think and just be done. Turn the TV on, whatever, and just not think for the night and just decompress. And I, you know, again, through counseling, through conversations with my wife, learning, I can't just come home and disengage. Like my kids need me to not just be physically present, but actually mentally and physically like engaged and present with them as well. Um, and so for a while we had like a basket that was like our electronic basket. So when we came home, like that's where our phones went. Um, I was talking to my, my boss the other day where he's going to start intentionally just leaving his phone in the car until his kids go to bed because it's so easy just to pick up the phone and pop on Facebook, start playing a game, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Someone calls you or texts you and you think, oh, you know, you just, as soon as that phone is up, it's like, I can't multitask. So anything that else that's going on around me, all of a sudden I don't hear it. Can't tell you how many times my wife has said, did you hear anything I just said? And I'm going, I'm just, you know, she feels like she's, she has no value because uh, I put all the value in, in what I'm looking at, you know? Uh, and so, and, and that's not fair to her. It's not fair to my kids. Um, it's too easy. You know, when my walk through the door for the kids to say, Hey dad, can we go through the football? It's really easy for me to say, buddy, I just came home. I'm tired. I want to sit down. I want to do nothing, you know? Uh, but man, you only have so much time with your kids, you know? And, uh, eventually they're not going to ask you those questions anymore. They're going to want to go play with their friends or they're going to want to go do something else. And you're going to be disappointed in yourself that you didn't say yes, that you didn't put together the the gumption to the energy to go spend that quality time with your kids. And I think that we see that too with, as they get older, um, I think if you engage with them when they're young, they're going to want to continue to engage with you when they get older. Uh, whereas if you're not present with them, they're going to find something else to fill that void. And then as they get older, they're not going to care about that time with you either. So you, you, you reap what you sow. Man, I almost want you to just repeat what you just said, but guys, you can just hit backwards a couple of times on the podcast and listen to that one again. Yeah. Uh, I, what I learned, I did a, a program called 75 hard, a little fitness and yep. mental, uh, you know, training you do all the stuff every day for 75 days. And part of it was two workouts. Uh, one's an outdoor workout, which is pretty easy for me. I just go do a F3 out, outside workout with the guys, mm -hmm. you know, no big deal. However, um, the second workout, well, that one's more challenging for me because once I get home from work, I like to be around my family. Yep. Well, how am I going to get a workout in if, you know, my family's around or, you know, whatever. And, uh, it's like, you know, I think what would make the second workout easier is if I incorporated my kids. Mm -hmm. Well, my kids aren't into doing, uh, you know, 100 push-ups and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So we started, you know, going uh, and playing tennis, basketball, mm -hmm. um, pickleball, you know, whatever. But, yep. hey, guys, what do you guys want to do tonight? You guys want to do soccer yeah. or, or where do you want to go? You know, what friends do you want to get involved? And mm -hmm. so every night I was out playing with my kids or 
even just taking taking the dog for a walk with my kids or my wife or mm. you know whatever but i was like man this is awesome mm. instead of whatever i used to do before that was realizing that we could go on a like a nightly adventure of some type with one child or all of them or the whole family or just my wife but um spending quality time with an activity you know as guys oftentimes sitting around talking isn't quite our thing mm-hmm. but we can be doing something and talking and yeah. have a great time so yeah absolutely um, yeah, hear, yeah hearing what you're saying it's like yeah find a way to connect with your kids mm-hmm. um and it is a lot easier to just sit on the couch and wait for dinner to get ready or make your own dinner mm-hmm. and do your own thing um, yeah but it's a lot more rewarding when yeah. And it gets busy. I mean, as kids get older, like they're in sports or they're in different activities or, you know, our our oldest is in youth group now. And so, um, I mean, and Christiana and I, we just naturally, you know, we trade off now volunteering at youth group because we would rather just stay and be a part of what's going on as, you know, as opposed to dropping them off and Mm -hmm. going and doing something for a few hours and coming back, you know, we're like, he's here, let's be here, you know? Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, it, it's the intentionality behind it, and and uh, wanting to have that relationship with with the, your kids. I mentioned my uh, mentor Dave Williams uh, before, and he has four kids that are all grown up now, and they had two foster kids as well, so oh, they wow. had six. They're all in professional ministry. They have, you know, wonderful. You know, they're all married and uh, have kids of their own and things along those lines. And I asked him one time, how how did you do it? How did you raise kids that love God and, uh, want to serve God. And, you know, you, you see so many, even Christian families where, you know, after the teenage years, the kids kind of go into a, a season of rebellion where maybe they come back and maybe they don't, um, maybe one will follow God, the other won't, you know, but his entire family, you know, loves, loves, loves Jesus. You know, I'm like, what did you do? And he's like, I don't know. He said, the only thing I can think is, when my kids got to the age where it was time for them to go, you know, find other, like find answers, they trusted me enough that they came and asked me for answers. And we love spending so much time with each other that they didn't have to go find friends, other places, like they had other friends, but we all genuinely loved being with each other uh, and enjoy, enjoy doing activities together. And that continues, you know? And so I, I think it's just that relational piece where um, if you, you know, I always heard uh, the importance of not just making kids do what you want them to do, but like going down into their world and, and finding what do they like to do and, and joining them in the activities that they love. Like You don't have to do that all the time, uh, but like I'm not, I used to love video games. I don't love it all that much anymore, mm-hmm. uh, but our kids love playing, you know, Mario, you know, Mario Mario on the switch, or we, we made sure we only have the kids. They only have a switch because we feel like Nintendo games are a little bit more yeah, appropriate. Yeah. Um, and as opposed to like Xbox or PlayStation, like, you know, uh, and so, uh, we can let them play it and we don't have to monitor it the whole time. Right. Um, and so, uh, but you know, playing smash brothers with them, I I'm terrible at smash brothers and <laughs> it's so frustrating and I can only handle it for like 30 minutes, but my kids love it when I play and I can just sit there and watch them and just like do nothing. And just that I'm engaging in their world, uh, lights a fire under the, under their butt, you know, <laughs> you know? And so finding those things, Ezra, our oldest, 
likes to play board games. He likes to play chess. He likes to play a game called like, sorry, but it's, it's a version of that called aggravation. And, and so I'll, I'll play these games with them and, and crush them, you know, because that's, <laughs> I feel like that's my, my dad responsibility is to, to teach him how the world works. <laughs> right. So, you know, um, but he's getting better and, and he almost beat me this last time actually. And so when you're 12, 12 year olds beating you at, at, chess that's a bummer um but you know uh it's fun to see them grow and develop and just in, engaging with them and uh going outside and throwing the football or whatever it might be you know and so finding those things that they love to do and, and just uh engaging in those things would be an encouragement that i would say for dads everywhere i had a buddy he they recently moved homes mm-hmm. and their daughter was going to be uh in a bedroom in the basement like that was mm-hmm. the plan yeah and it's all all ready to go down. They're getting ready to move. You know, it's days away, and his wife says, "Oh, I don't think she's going to be able to handle this change." Like, yeah. Well, like now's a little too late to bring yeah. this up. And he was calm, and he thought about it for a second. He goes, "I've got a question for you. Our daughter, whenever there's been a season of change in the past, has it taken three or four days for the change to take root, and then she's adapted and moved on?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's always been that way with her, with with her daughter. It's like, okay, what do you think it'll be like this time? Huh? Yeah, yeah probably three or four days, maybe, and then things will figure itself out. She'll adapt. And he goes, yeah, one the first night she ran upstairs and was like, hey. Second night stayed in bed and you know mm-hmm. on and on. He's like, yeah, yeah. So sometimes when we want to make these changes and uh, change the way our family works or the things we way we work in the family and be around our kids or our wife. We just need to be steadfast for three, four, five days mm-hmm. and push past the first day yeah. of resistance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, that's for everything. Was yes. That- <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So the yeah, workouts, we- the yeah. you as a leader inside of your your yeah. business, like yeah. your your boss, you know, he needs to influence you. Yeah, whatever, however it's working, but yeah, that push yeah. through that resistance yeah. and you'll see the rewards. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we see that with discipline with kids. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, their kids are always, they're always going to push the boundary that you give them. Like that's, that's kind of their job is to, cause they don't know any better. They're trying to figure out what's allowed and what's not allowed. And so, uh, we, uh, again, uh, our youngest, our, we have twins that are eight and our oldest is going to be, is almost 12. And so, uh, parents of like toddlers will come to us and say, Hey, how, how did you get through this phase? You know? And I, and I see these kids that are just and they own, they do whatever they want. And the parents are like, ah, oh, they're, they're just, they have a lot of energy. And so we just, you know, we let them get their energy out or man, it's too hard to, to get them to do. And I'm like, no, it's not it, like it's, it's you, you know, you are the one that has to set the boundary. And they're like, well, we had this family that came over to our house and they're, they're like, we, we try to hide stuff and, and she'll like, we'll hide the, the candy and she'll find it. And they almost like, like laughing, like, ha, 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 she finds the candy and gets in. And I'm like, that's you. Like, you have to set the boundary, you know? Um, And it might be a week of every time she gets up on the counter, you're pulling her down and putting her in timeout, you know, or what, you know, like it might take that long for it to become learned of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, you know? Um, Another example would be when we go to a restaurant and our four kids are all just sitting there and they're polite to the waitress or waiter and they just sit there and eat their food. And so many times we'll have, especially like older people will come over and be like, man, your kids are so well behaved. You know, what do you do? And I'm like, 
this is what we do at home. Like we sit down around the table, we talk about what it's, how, how to eat, you know, and, and you can't get up whenever you want and just go wherever you want and do whatever you want. You know, you, you ask permission to get up and go to the bathroom. If you, that's something you need to do, you know, um, you know, they're not perfect. They get loud. They make messes. They do all the things that kids do. Um, but like the parent has to set the boundary. And if you're not setting that boundary, then the kids are just going to do whatever the heck that they want. But that's what you're there for is to teach them what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, which is across all boards, right? Whether that's discipline, whether that's learning, whether that's social behaviors, whether that's how to read the Bible, you know, all of these things, that's, that's the, the parents as the leader in the home, that's what you're doing for your children. And know that wherever you set that bar or that boundary, they're going to push it a little bit further. So, you know, uh, you got to be strict enough that you have that little wiggle room after the, after they push that boundary to be able to bring them back so that it doesn't drive you crazy. We have, we have five rules in our house. And the fifth rule is don't drive mom and dad crazy, (laughs) Um, which is kind of like our umbrella, you know, Hey, you guys are breaking rule five, you know? And so it helps them to chill out. Nice. nice. What are the first four? Oh man. What are the first first four? (laughs) Um, If you, one of them is if you can't share, you can't play. Um, Man, man, I, I don't even know the five. They're on our wall. That's dumb yeah, that I yeah. can't remember all of them. Um, so guys, there's that, a tip right there. Put your rules yeah. on the wall. Put, uh, that's right. I, I like putting your calendar on the wall so the kids yep. say, hey, what's going on today? Yes, we've been doing that recently as well. And we let eat like once a week, a new kid gets to actually write it. They they love writing the, the calendar stuff down um, on our little whiteboard. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had to point recently at uh don't hit your sister. <laughs> yes. Yes. Also good. Yeah. Uh, I thought yeah. we got rid of that rule. Well, we did, but yeah. we got to bring it back. Apparently. That's right. That's right. So, but uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it controls, it keeps the, it's like, you can't be over strict where it's no fun, but you can't have no boundaries either where it's no fun. You know, like it, there has to be that healthy balance there. How do you incorporate fun? How do we incorporate? I mean, hopefully everything that we do is somewhat fun, you know? Um, but uh, again, it's coming back to figuring out what they're into um, and how to do that. Again, with four, the world is not built for four children. You know, even if you win a grand prize somewhere, usually it's two parents and two kids, you know, a family, family trip to yes. Disneyland, you right. know, it's like, it doesn't work for us, you know, because we can't, it's like, uh, Disney on ice. Christiana just yesterday was like, Hey, Disney on ice is going to be in Tampa. We should look into how much it's going to be. And it's like 60 bucks a person. And I'm like, yeah. we can't afford six tickets, you know, at 60 bucks a pop, you know, it's like for one night you're looking at, you know, however much that ends up being $600 or whatever. Um, yeah. that's a little yeah, three, yeah, three, si- 360 for the tickets, 40 for right. parking. Exactly. And, and then, then probably we're going to eat something yeah, because yeah. our kids don't know how to not eat anywhere that we go, you know? Right. Um, and so we uh, have to say no to those things. Uh, sports, same thing. It's like $200 a kid for like six weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. can't afford, you know, 800 bucks every six weeks to put our kids in sports. And so uh, we say, okay, well, we'll be your coaches. What sport do you guys want to play? 
you know, we'll go out and we'll play that sport and we'll start teaching them how to do those things. You know, we got Ezra basketball and he's like, this is great. We can go because our, our town home has a, a basketball hoop. He's like, we can go have gym class at the basketball hoop, you know? And so he already is thinking in those terms nice. you know, of, of using it as, as like physical education to, to go out and, and play I with talk to uh, Stephen Kendrick the other day, uh, the mm-hmm. Kendrick brothers and okay. a lot of the Christian movies, fireproof mm-hmm. and war sure. room and yeah, yeah. the giants and, yep. and those type of things. So it was really cool. So they homeschool also. Mm-hmm. And he said the greatest thing uh, that our, the benefit for our family has been our kids when they want to learn something, they just learn it. Yes. They'll find the resource and they'll just dive into the topic yes. compared to traditional schooling where school brings the topics and yes. how to learn. Yep. As with homeschooling, the kids are like, hey, I realize we're going to do this stuff, but I want to learn this. Yeah. And then each individual yeah. kid kind of creates their own. Yep. And you're yeah. cultivating their interests. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things that we learn in, in, in like middle school and high school that I don't use it anymore. You know, I, I don't even remember half the stuff that I learned, but teaching your kids how to learn. Um, and how to find the answers. I think that's what's important um, and cultivating what what their interests are. You know, if your kid is into science, like cultivate that, you know, if your kid is mm-hmm. is really good at math, cultivate that, you know, don't don't limit what they can do, but help cultivate the things that they're naturally gifted at and interested in um, so that when they're 18, 20, they're ready to start pursuing the career that they're actually into and they're not spending you know, $50,000 to go to college to switch their degrees halfway because they don't really know what they want to do, you know, um, whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, we, we like that too. They were, the kids were walking home one day and they saw a caterpillar on the ground. And so they went home and they researched it and they all wrote reports on the life cycle of this caterpillar, you know, um, obviously at their different learning levels, you know, and, and different right. expectations based on uh, what they're able to do. You know, I think the twins were drawing pictures, you know, along with their stories where Ezra was just, was writing paragraphs on, on things, you know, so you yeah, do age yeah. appropriate, but you're still learning the same thing together, you know, so. You help, uh, you help people build spiritual disciplines. Yes. You've got three intentional ways that you help people do that. So could you share that with us? Do I have, I do have three ways. What well, three ways did I mention? I don't even remember what's on my, on my thing. <laughs> or do you want me to just give you three ways? Yeah, just just three off the top of your head of uh Sure. Yeah. So first kind of defining what a spiritual discipline is is uh anything, any kind of pra- spiritual practice that you're incorporating into your life um that helps you cultivate your relationship with Jesus. Um so there's there's like personal ones. Uh, uh there's a good book uh by uh Richard Foster called uh spiritual uh, celebration of discipline. And so he goes through like internal disciplines. So one would be, um, like the, the, the discipline of silence or or meditation where you're learning to be quiet and quiet your mind and focus on Jesus and listen to the still small voice uh, of the Holy spirit. Um, and that's something that's really hard to do in our world because we're going all the time. So, you know, how do you, uh, calm down the noise uh, of the world around you and start to really focus on, on, on the Holy spirit and, uh, and learn at God's voice. I mean, we, we talked about that earlier on in this conversation that the, the goal of, of a believer is to hear God's voice and then respond in obedience. Right. And so you can't do 
they respond in obedience until you know what God's voice is. And so the spiritual practice of silence and meditation is just, uh, I always use, um, you know, two methods that I use is breathing. Uh, you know, when I breathe mm-hmm. in, I say, you know, using the name of Jesus. So I breathe in saying G and breathe out saying sus, you know, just Jesus, Jesus. And, uh, using that as a method. I also use, uh, speak Lord for your servant is listening, which is out of Samuel, you know, when Samuel, uh, mm-hmm. uh, is teaching, uh, and learning about, uh, how to hear God's voice. And so using that, uh, as a, as a, as a tool to hone in, it's not this idea of, of meditation, of emptying your mind. It's this idea of meditation, of, of filling your mind with Christ and focusing your mind on Jesus, um, and, and learning how to, to hear his voice in the midst of the noise. So, so that's one spiritual practice, uh, which would be an inward spiritual practice. There's also outward spiritual practices, which would be, uh, things like studying the Bible or, uh, fasting is another spiritual practice. Um, studying the Bible is you have kind of two ways to read the Bible. One is just to read it just to, uh, kind of build your relationship with Jesus. The other one would be like an in-depth Bible study where you're learning historical context. You're hearing uh, the context of, of where scripture was written. You're not just plucking out verses to use it how you want, but how does this verse work in contextual context, right? In Mm -hmm. the context of, of how it was written, who was the author, who was it being written to? Um, Mm -hmm. Why was it being written? You know, all of those things, just really doing in-depth Bible studies. There's lots of good Bible study methods out there uh, and, and good books out there teaching you how to, you know, study the Bible well. Um, and then fasting is another external one where uh, you're using, uh, it's not just not eating uh, for the sake of not eating, um, but you're using it as a tool to uh as a reminder to be praying, you know, people will fast for certain things like, Hey, I'm fasting for this specific prayer request or, Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes people will fast from food, but you can fast from social media. You can fast from technology. You can, there's, there's many ways to incorporate these spiritual practices, uh, into our modern world, um, for the, but it's, it's for the purpose of engaging with Jesus, uh, and, and hearing God's voice, uh, and then there's also like corporate spiritual practices, which would be like gathering together and, and, you know, worshiping together and celebrating together, which is the importance of, of having a church and being a part of a church body is gathering together for those things. Um, so, uh, lots of different spiritual, uh, disciplines and, and ways to do spiritual formation. And what I like to tell people is that we're not all the same. So what works for you might not work for me. Uh, there are people that, absolutely love nature. And so they love going and taking nature walks and, and really communing with God in that space. I get so bored going on <laughs> nature. I don't like it at all. Uh, it's just, it's not what I enjoy doing. I actually had a buddy, uh, when I was living in Colorado, he was from Iowa and he came to Colorado. He's like, Hey man, you want to go hiking in the mountains? And I was like, no, I was like, <laughs> like, I'd love to hang out, but I don't really want to do that. Literally a day later, because uh, he knows me, he says, Hey man, uh, do you want to go do some photography in the mountains? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome because I'm a photographer. And so I'm like, that'll be great. And he's like, cool. 
let's go and we can walk up to this glacier. And I'm like, okay, that'll be fun. And then I'm like, man, he totally just tricked me into going on a hike with him. <laughs> That's the one I use with my kids. So yep. it's not, let's go for a hike. You yep. guys want to go do an adventure. Exactly. Yeah. You just trick them into it. And so, uh, and, and that's a way that I like to commune with God is, is, uh, taking pictures of, of nature and finding these beautiful things and just, you know, saying, man, God, this is so cool. This thing that you've created, which is the exact reason why people like to go on nature hikes is they, they get to be in, in, in nature and be in creation and, and, and see the wonders of God and creation. And so, um, it's figuring out your wiring, how God wired you together, your interests and saying, God, how can I commune commune with you in this activity? Yeah, that's so, so good. Yeah, yeah, sounds like uh, sounds like pray unceasingly is something that's right. that you attempt to do. Yes, all the time. That was actually one that I learned in high school um, when I was working at Walgreens, and uh, everyone should work. It's like it should be like a prerequisite to the workforce is is working either in like the food industry or working in retail um, because you learn so much about how nasty people can be <laughs> yeah, and how yeah. I don't want to behave, you know? And so uh, one of the things that we had to do is because people, you know, the store gets messy. So we called it facing where you pull all the products forward. Yep. And uh, I was learning this idea of pray without ceasing. And so I wanted to pray and throughout my shift. And so it was like, a, you know, whatever, four hour shift that I was doing. I was only, I was in high school. So I was only part-time and I was saying, you know, I would start praying and saying, God, how can you use me to, to minister to people coming through my checkout, you know? And then at the end of the day, I'm praying as I'm, I'm facing stuff, but I was doing it in a very lazy way. I wasn't pulling everything forward. I was just like fixing the front row basically to make it look good. But then everything else was terrible behind it. And I remember God like saying like, are you like giving me your best in this right now? Are you doing this as if unto me? Or are you just trying to get the job done? You know? And so I was convicted in that. And I started like, you know, from then on out, I was fixing everything, but it was through this idea of praying without ceasing that God actually wants to speak to us into the things that we're doing throughout our day. Um, it's not just this, it's the relational piece, you know? Um, and so it's, it's not a, a list of rules that we're trying to follow. It's the adventure of living life with Jesus, which makes it fun and exciting and, and entertaining. And uh, the things that God asks us to do that you're like, that has to be God speaking to me because there's no way I would choose to do that on my own. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So there's a guy, guys typically are, you know, I can do that or I can't do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do some of that. I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, Guys, you just said pray unceasingly, and there's no way I can do that. So I'm not yeah. doing that. And yeah. I wish you guys would shut up. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk to that guy or the guys that just heard that and just thought, oh, <laughs> um, talk about something I else. think it's it's breaking away from the formality of what prayer is. I think that we we get in in this idea that um prayer is, you know, sitting down and closing my eyes and and folding my hands and you know, saying the Lord's Prayer, you know. Um, and that's that's I think that's Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, uh, but not saying like these, this is the rules for prayer necessarily. I uh, can't remember who it was, but basically they said, uh, you know, someone you've reached a level in your relationship with God when it becomes more conversational. Yes. And really that's what prayer should be. It should be conversation. It's you inviting God into every space. You know, you're, you're driving down the road and you're, you're taught, you know, rather than getting ticked at the guy who just cut you off. You know, you say, man, God, that, 
this may, you know, it's almost like venting to God and saying, God, this makes me mad. I don't like that. He did that. It's being dangerous. Bring someone into his life that can help speak wisdom into, you know, and and it's bringing, it's, it's becoming more conversational and, you know, stepping into a room and saying, Lord, be with me as I'm stepping into this room, help guide me in conversations, lead me to a person that I, that, that needs encouragement today, or God, who's here, who, who needs encouragement? Who can I text today? Or, you know, it's, it's moving it into a space of of being conversational as opposed to formal. Um, And that's, that's kind of my encouragement to people. And, and it's, it's little baby steps, right? It's not going to happen overnight. And so it's, when you remember to do it, you, you remember to do it and say, Oh man, God, I, I've kind of left you out of most of my day today. And now I'm driving home, but I just wanted to invite you into my drive home. You know, um, Oh man, I'm at the grocery store and God help for me to buy foods that are actually good and healthy for my body. Help for me to be wise about what I'm doing. Lead me to the things that I should be buying. You know, when I'm checking out help for me to be a, a good witness to the person that's checking me out, you know, and hopefully it's not a self checkout because you know, whatever <laughs> for me not to be grumpy at that either, you know, right. It was right. my attitude. So uh, it's just in, inviting Jesus into every space um, and not, not compartmentalizing him to a, a certain area. Yep. Does that answer the question? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. It sure does. It's like you can find different ways to incorporate it. So, um, you know, it could be dedicated. You already said it like earlier, like dedicating the next hour to a cause or a purpose. You talked about fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, So it doesn't have to be this huge monumental mountain climbing type Mm -hmm. thing or 45 minutes of praying the Our Father or anything like that. You know, it's it's, people will put stuff like a to like memorize scripture. They'll put the the put it on like a piece of paper and stick it in their pocket. That way, every time they put their hand in their pocket, they remember to pull it out and look at it and then stick yeah. it back in. As it's just kind of a we yeah, can, that's I a mean, great we, little reminder. Yeah. yeah, we have our phones. Like put a put an alarm on your phone so it beeps at you every hour that just mm-hmm. says remember invite Jesus into whatever you're doing. You know, um, and eventually it becomes habit, you know, and becomes a normality in your life as opposed to something that you have to set aside time to do. Yeah. So perfecting, not perfection. Exactly. So work, work towards that, strive towards that. Yes. Well, Jared, you've been awesome. Appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been really good. Yeah. So a couple of things, uh, guys definitely want to connect with you. So if you can let them know, you know, how to find more, more of what you, what you've got out there, that would be great. And yeah. then after that, I always ask guys to throw out a challenge, something that men can do week to week that yeah. will help them become better dads, better leaders, better yep. uh, better Christians, better mm-hmm. better in life, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in general. Um, so it could be something easy or it could be something hard. Totally up sure. to you. Sure. Um, I would say if you want to connect with 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 me or or with us, uh, I'm I'm on. Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, like we threw up our, our clips from our podcast. Um, I, I do that. It's Jared's Aria, J-A-R-E-D-S-A-R-I-A. Um, you can just look me up uh, on Facebook. It's Jared's Aria, I think. On TikTok, it's Jared's Aria 84. Um, but I'm always throwing my stuff up on there. You can connect with me there. We also, uh, we have our Strong by Design podcast. You can go to strongbydesignpodcast.com um, where you can find us. You can, again, we're on all the socials as well, including YouTube. Uh, we put up uh, our video. Uh, you know, we have we were releasing once a week, uh, and we're just so backed up right now. We're doing twice a week, so we're doing every Wednesday and every Saturday. Uh, we have a podcast called Strong by Design. 
the the whole idea is we believe you were created in God's image, uh, which means you have a strong body, mind, and spirit. And it's because of sin and because of uh, turning away from God that we have weak mind, body, and spirit. And so we're trying to track back into what is God's original design and helping you understand what that is. And and we are, just as we are created in God's image, we are three parts. We are mind, body, and spirit. So we're talking about fitness. We're talking about health and nutrition, and we're talking about our, our faith and spirituality. So um, it's kind of a mixed bag, depending on who's hosting. You never know what you're going to get, but go look at some of our past episodes. We've had some really, really cool people. Um, we just had Med, Meg Meeker on. Oh, who yeah. Is, Meg's is great. Incredible. Yeah. So she was uh, incredible, um, you know, and so lots of good stuff. So go, go, go check all of that stuff out. And then for a challenge, I think the challenge I would give is just uh, figure out how to be present and uh, in, in your kids, in your, in your children or, or your wife's world, whatever that might be, or your family's world. So it's never too late. I think sometimes people think, oh, my kids are teenagers or, uh, or, or my kids are just babies. You know, how am I supposed to engage in their world or, my kids are out of the house. They're like we can make all kinds of excuses, but I think start engaging in the in that relational aspect and make sure that you're being intentional about being present in your kids' life and and uh, finding out what they're into uh, and and doing what they love to do and engaging in things that they love to do and and entering into their world. So that's that's that would be my challenge for 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 dads today. That's great. That's great. So yeah, with get that off the challenge. technology. That's my other one. There yeah. we go. There we yeah. go. Get off the technology. It's, oh, it's Jared's ruining your talking life. to me right now. Jared's talking to me right now. That's it. That I'm talking to myself. There. Talking to myself. Yeah. We we were trying to have like a technology bedtime where we would put all of our technology to bed at like seven. Um, it hasn't worked very good. Yeah, we need to try to do that better. So we actually just talked about that the 23rd of December. My wife yeah. and I talked and we said, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Then we talked to the kids and the kids said, well, all right, we'll yeah. give that a shot. Yeah. And then uh, that was kind of where that ended. So I'm glad yeah. we just talked about it so we can pick that conversation back up and implement yeah. it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, I mean, we, we talked off a little bit too, that our kids don't have phones, tablets and stuff like that. And uh, the suicide rate. I mean, there's, we could have a whole other conversation about that if you wanted to, um, maybe we can do another one sometime, but we can t- talk about parenting and technology and suicide rates and, and all the stuff that's going on because of, uh, and even just marriages and uh, just the harm that technology is, it's a tool and it can be used for good or evil. And so I think that if you're not intentional about it, it, it evil creeps in way faster than the good does. Yeah, there we go. So we got two challenges. Check your tech and That's connect right. with your kids. That's right. And I'll add to the connect with your kids. Do that tonight. Yeah. Do that tonight. So whenever yeah. you're listening to it, uh, rather than think, I'll do that eventually, do that one right away. Yeah. And right away is today. That's right. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, connect with Jared. I uh, appreciate you coming yeah. on, Jared. And, Absolutely. Uh, look, looking forward to staying in touch and uh, down the yeah, road man. doing that uh, that technology podcast one yeah yeah that sounds great all right well thank you so much god bless god bless you guys and i look forward to catching guys next week yes sir thank you for listening to this episode of the journey of a christian dad podcast thank you guys for being a light shine that light out and let others see it with you guys part of this community it helps me be accountable to you guys helps me be accountable to myself 
be accountable to God and Jesus. Hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. Hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith grow as spiritual leaders of their family as we engage in our journey and be intentional with it we can help others grow theirs as well we thank you again for listening we thank you for all your reviews look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show so dear god thanks for blessing all of us and thanks for drawing us closer to you in your name we pray amen have fun guys